God is a friend who's loyal. And I think of the students who've loved us over all those years. And I think of them, quite a many of you that, whose weddings I had and, uh, and for, the, uh, uh, for the memories there as well. I think about those pictures that are so key. I can remember saying early in ministry that GVSU didn't just stand for Grand Valley State University as great as it is, but that GVSU stands for that God values students unconditionally. And you know, that's the way God is. And he continues to, to be faithful. And, and that last verse that says, you know, hey, my faithfulness continues through all generations. And so there's all kinds of pictures running through my head. You know, the mini retreats, the record set, as a hundred and some students at our home ate 25 pounds of peanut M&Ms. <laughs> I think we may have had an alternative for those who have peanut allergies. But I think about that. You know, the great conversation, the week of 9-11. The week of 9-11, it just blessed my heart when the football coach, uh, who coached here to a couple national championships, Chuck Martin, shared with me. He says, you know, John, he says, uh, he just waited for me, and, and he says, I just want to share with you. He says, it just meant so much what went on when it was 9-11. I thought, who'd ever thought, you know? Who'd ever thought anybody take notes? See, that's what I'm saying. Don't ever underestimate the difference you make in people's lives. There's a cumulative effect to it all. And the beauty of it is, you know, seeing all friends here, and it's, it's just a reminder that God is good. And that even in our lowest times, he seems to bring folks there that can lift you up. And so students rode the rapids with us, no question about it. I think of the spring break trips. I think of the graduates to Europe. I've been to three papal masses and one time when the Pope spoke. In fact, it blessed my heart to see the Pope here in America riding in a Fiat, because when I was in college, I had a Fiat 500, one of the first in the city of Muskegon. Some military guy brought it in. Nearly got killed in it when someone hit us with a 4,600-pound Packard, but other than that, uh, we did well, and someone made it into a golf cart. But nevertheless, just seeing the Pope get in the back end of that, I said, you know, this is pretty awesome. I, I, I'm in a good tradition, you know, although I'm not running for Pope. I, I've told my Catholic friends that. But, you know, it's great to see, you know, in this psalm, you think about this psalm, you know, it makes me think of my own family pictures. And I want to think in terms of pictures. You know, we got iPhones, we got iPads, we got everything. My wife does it all. I'm still with a flip phone. Sorry, I left it in the car. I didn't want to embarrass myself. But, you know, my point is that there's pictures everywhere. You know, someone posted, Tammy posted a picture of memory, and, and, and all of a sudden, all these people connected to it. There's something, something really neat about that kind of, uh, that kind of connectiveness. And I, you know, I think about that. I, I think of the picture when we go to New York City for all the funny stuff we do, you know, the serious moments there. When we first entered this country when I was seven years of age, yes, English is my second language, so you can excuse me for any bad grammar I may use. But as a matter of fact, I think about that, you know, seeing the Statue of Liberty for the first time. Hoping, Grand Central Station, knowing that after, you know, Grand Central Station, there's chaos. You know, here comes this family of five with one crate of belongings on this ocean liner that got stuck in a winter hurricane, and we bobbed all over the sea, and we finally made it to shore. And, and I remember my mom walking into Grand Central Station. We didn't know a word of English, but she heard the Salvation Army Choir singing and the band playing Silent Night. And I remember my mom, who went to glory a long time ago, saying to us, the God 
that watched over us during the Nazi occupation is the God that's going to look over us in our new land. That, my friends, is faithfulness from generation to generation. I think of her in the Psalms, sitting on the edge of my father's bed in the hospital as he was about to enter heaven. As my mom sang in Dutch the Psalms, one of which is right in front of us this morning. People have been comforted by the Psalms. It's given people direction. This particular Psalm 100, it's a psalm of praise and thanksgiving. It's, it was a key psalm in the, in the temple liturgy. People would respond to that, you know, and, and it's a call to action when you think about it. It's, it's God's invitation to stay in touch. And so I want us to look for a few moments at the pictures that we see in that psalm. Pictures. In this room right here, I remember teaming up for a sermon with professors. I tried to team up with a professor once a semester to do a sermon together. I remember Kathy Bailey from Criminal Justice. Some of you were here for that. Criminal Justice. And I remember her saying, you know, I came to know the Lord in her college ministry. And she says, I want to share the verse that was the first verse I learned that gave me direction to my life. And it was this. Your word is a lamb to my feet and a light for my path. From Psalm 119. So I want to say with you, first of all, catch the enthusiasm. Listen to what the writer says. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. That picture of a happy homecoming. Think about it. Shout for joy. I love that. That sense of having that pep assembly mindset about our faith. That sense of showing our true colors. Think about that. You know, at homecoming, everybody has, I even have my, my ragged sweatshirt, the kind with a zipper in front, so it's easier to put on, you know. But anyway, it works great, as long as I remember my zip code. And so then I move on, and I'm there, you know, wearing my colors, and everyone knows that I'm a Grand Valley. I'm even a Grand Valley grad. I got my second master's degree from Grand Valley State when I was in my mid-40s. And I think about that. I think, you know, show your colors, That's what the psalmist is saying here. Shout for joy. Let people know who you are. Don't pull the Halloween trick and and sort of dress up like somebody you're not. Don't wear a mask. Be who you are. And then enter God's presence. Shout for joy to the Lord. And so I ask you the question, when do you really feel close to God? How can I hang on to my enthusiasm for God and my joy for God? And when does that enthusiasm falter? I think about that. You ever get distracted in your Christian walk? I've kind of screwed up a few times myself, I may say so. It's hard to believe. But Sherry will vouch for it. But, you know, I think about that, how sometimes sin can impact us. There was a little story. I had to read it. and if it doesn't fit in, it's okay, but it's kind of a cute story. It's called A Captive to Sin. In his book, Will Daylight Come?, Richard Huffler tells a homey story about a boy and his sister visiting their grandparents' farm. Johnny was given a slingshot. You'll probably remember that. Given a slingshot, practicing trying to hit trees with small stones. This is parents where you want to discourage your kids from listening. His skill improved 
And coming into the barnyard, he spied Grandma's pet duck. On an impulse, he took aim and let fly. The duck dropped dead. The boy panicked. What now? Desperately hid the duck in the woodpile, only to look up and see his sister watching. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Johnny told me he wanted help in the kitchen today, didn't you, Johnny? She leaned over to whisper in his ear, remember the duck. Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa suggested taking the children fishing, but Grandma said, well, I need Sally to help me make supper. And Sally smiled and said, that's all taken care of. Johnny wants to do it. Again, she whispered, remember the duck. Johnny stayed while Sally went fishing. After several days of doing double chores, his own and Sally's, Johnny could stand it no longer, and he confessed to Grandma about the duck. I know, she said, giving him a hug. I was standing at the window when it happened. Because I love you, I forgive you. I was wondering how long you'd let Sally hold you captive. When we are called to shout... We are called to say, be that transformed person. Be that child of God. And then that thing about hearing the call. Hear the call. We hear, worship the Lord with gladness. A call that's personal, that picture of followers of Jesus getting together. What a treat it is to hear the call. And God calls all of us, and it just blesses my heart as as the ministry passed from generation to generation. And and my hat's off to the staff for for continuing that wonderful tradition at Grand Grand Valley State. But it's about students. I was telling Scott, you know what? I've never preached a sermon that I didn't run by some students. I said, this is kind of different sometimes. So, in fact, Kelly was at the ballgame, so I had to run my sermon past her. It was just almost out of habit. And I said, well, you have to listen to it again, Kelly, but that's the way it works. I, you know, I, I think about that in terms of, of the insight that you have. I learned a lot from students over the years. I trust they learned a little from me as well. But as a matter of fact, we were in it together. Isn't that the beautiful thing? And we'll touch on that in a minute. But hear the call to be intentional. Come before him with joyful songs. Why do you think about that? Joyful songs. In Psalm 40, we read about the fact that God will put a new song in our hearts. At Unity Festival in Muskegon, Matthew West was there this summer, and, and he, he sang a song a couple of years ago that just kind of strikes me in terms of, of this whole thing about, about hearing the call. You probably know the words, but, Hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we've met every single day of your life. I'm the whisper inside that won't let you forget. Hello, my name is Defeat. I know you recognize me. Just when you think you can win, I'll drag you right back down again till you've lost all belief. These are the voices. These are the lies. And I have believed them for the very last time. Hello, my name is a child of the one true king. I've been saved. I've been changed. I've been set free. Amazing grace, and what a tribute that was earlier in the service, is the song I sing. Hello, my name is a child of the one true king. I am no longer defined by the wreckage behind. Hope. How can you beat it? 
to be in ministry for as long as Sherry and I have been, and, 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 and it's been a, a wonderful team. I think all the students we've traveled with and hosted over the years. But I think about that. How can you beat it? To share that new song together. To know we don't need to live in the wreckage of the past. And so worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. But remember the family ties. The psalm says, no, we are his. I remind myself of that every day. I remember Charlie, back to that song. Charlie used to, he was at, we had a nursing home and home for the age of Muskegon. And, and I can remember, I can remember Charlie would, would, whenever he'd see me in the hallway in the hermitage, he'd say to me, he'd say, John, just remember. And he lived to be almost 100. He said, John, just remember, with a big smile on his face, you are a child of the king. And if you remember nothing else this morning, I, I hope that's what, what, what you catch on to, is the fact that you are, are God's special child. He says, no, we are his. I know that the Lord is God. He's made us in his own image, and we belong to him. Hear it again. We are his people. You know, to stand for Jesus Christ and to live a life that reflects that, and knowing that when we mess up, forgiveness is real. I still serve Grand Valley on two committees. One is for the protection of human subjects. So there's about a dozen profs that, uh, that are part of that. And, and I'm the community member, and we look at faculty proposals. And one of the things we look at, is, it's required by the federal government, is the protection of human subjects. Are they protected? And we deal, some of you familiar with this, in research you learn it, where we deal with the issue of consent. Does the person have enough information to consent? And whether you're in a medical experiment or whether you are in a social experiment, whether it's your psych experiments in 101, they have to be approved because we want to make sure that each person is protected. And that's what God calls us. He says, you know what? You are my child. We, you are mine And I want you to treat everyone else that way too. No need to compare ourselves to others. But then we're in this together. They put a time limit on me, so I want to be real careful with that to honor that. We're in this together. Think about that. As is people. Committed to making a difference. Is that exciting? Think about it. Committed to making a difference. When I think about that, all of us are sort of the picture of the Good Samaritan. God calls us to make a difference. Sometimes students will say, John, you know, our graduates, we get together with lots of them yet. They'll say, you've done so many different things. And I said, that's because when the opportunity was there, we took advantage of it. There are God moments in every person's life, and if you miss honoring those, it may be just a one-time opportunity, but they're there. Whether it's a fellow student, whether it's a roommate, whoever it is, God gives you those opportunities. And when you take advantage of them, it's pretty incredible what God can do. So we're in this together. I think about that. And, and I, those action you know, words in verse 4, enter, give thanks, praise, to be in the presence of God together, to encourage each other, to have the I become we. Think about that. To celebrate being part of God's community. To know this is the day the Lord has made. 
What a witness to other, to others. Psalm 40, which ties in with Psalm 100, says, I will speak of your faithfulness, O God, and your saving help. And then we can count on God. A picture of God's faithfulness. You know, I thought it'd be the neatest thing if I could take a selfie of God and me. But, but I haven't got that one figured out yet. But I do know this, that God says, it's okay, John. Maybe you can't catch my picture, but help people understand me by you living out who I am. Oh, we can count on God. He's good. The scripture here tells us his love endures forever. We said that in the service. His love endures forever. He is faithfulness. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Some of you may wonder why I'm so unbelievably lean and thin. It's because I, right, Tim? It's because I walk the mall. I walk the mall. That's what people do. I walk the mall. And so I, I, on my first lap, as I go around the mall, I say, God is good. So I figure I might as well use the time for a little meditation, right? A little self, self-strengthening and stuff and a little God reminder. And so then when I make the second lap, I think about the fact that, that God is great. And then the third one, I wasn't sure. I, I, okay, we'll go with it. I'm Trinitarian. We'll go with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the third one. And then the fourth one, which ties into this, because my favorite passage is Lamentations 3, is his mercies are new every morning. And on the fifth lap, now I'm getting up close to three miles, on the fifth lap, I say, great is thy faithfulness. And so one day I thought, I'm really going beyond myself here, so I called Sherry, I says, I'm about to do the sixth lap. What do you think I should call it? And she said, Hallelujah. (laughs) And so, I think about that in terms of God's presence in our lives. And so, my friends, this morning, I just wanted to share with you some God pictures. With all the pictures you've got, I just want you to, to make sure you keep some of those God pictures right in front of you. I used to ask students, what is there in your apartment or in your dorm room that I would see that would show me that you are really enjoying your walk with Jesus? Is there a slogan or some inspirational poem? What, what, what is there or a picture that has some significance to you? What is there? But I think about that. Those God pictures are echoed throughout Scripture. Psalm 40 does a beautiful job of that where it says, God turns to me. Picture that. And then it says, God hears me. God lifts me up. He sets my feet on a rock and gives me a firm place to stand puts that new song in my mouth. And so, my friends, that's the God. What a neat thing. Do you realize that for all the expensive stuff they have on campus, you don't need to take out a student loan to participate in God things. Hope is free. Hope is free. And what a treat for Sherry and me to have had the joy of sharing that with students for these many years. And it hasn't stopped. Think about that. God is great. God is good. 
And whether you're walking the mall or walking to the classroom, take a few moments to remind yourself of that again. Catch the enthusiasm. Hear the call. Remember those family ties. We are in this together. And we can count on God. I don't know if I'll see you another 50, but I'll give it a good shot. How's that? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for being there for us. God, I mean, as we think the fact that we can count on you, that you've been faithful throughout all generations, help us to continue to be enthused about that reality, catch the enthusiasm to to hear that call, to remember those family ties, and God, that great gift of each other. We thank you for being in this together. And so, God, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.